say welcome to Florence or something like that. Welcome to Florence, the Pizzeria and Enzo show. Well, Brought to you today by Coffee Cabana, <laughs> your favorite new coffee. I like it. I like it. That is, I am on board with that. Of course, nothing goes with red chocolate better than Coffee Cabana coffee. Oh my god. You gosh, get your chocolate, guys? Yes, that's why I was Uber just pulling it. We we have not only did it. I get it. I've had <laughs> some of it. Dude, you said we were not going to eat it, Doug. Damn it. I was like, hey, like, my like, wife's here. She could pull audibles. She said, no, we're having some after lunch. So we like tested okay. two or three of them. Give me all your chocolate. Let's like go. Let's like, is it, hey, it's a new game. Give me all your chocolate. This is actually my favorite. Me too. That's actually our newest one, brother. There's nothing like it in the world. We hold 11 global patents as a company, and that's our 11th patent right there caramelized white chocolate and of course caramel is uh, sugar we're no sugar added so we actually take milk from Holstein cows and we whip it at a certain speed for a certain temperature and we pull the natural sugars out of it and then we pour that into our white coca base and that's how you get that you know it's funny people try it, and because there's nothing like it people go oh I taste butterscotch or I taste and there's no butterscotch there's it's just your mind trying to say okay it tastes like this so it's my favorite well, as Good. a person that actually knows how to make butterscotch from scratch, we'll eat these later and uh, we'll give you a good comparison. Like, I'm ready, brother. Good deal. Here we go. So, Doug, I got the magic. I got the magic. Oh, you uh, found it. it. Wow, right it was here, missing forever. Yeah, it was back in the in the office. Who would have thought that? So, okay. So, guys, I'm going to do a little sound signature and then we're going to get rolling. All right. Here we go. Good afternoon, Doug Smith. What's shaking up there in the PD in Florence, man? Hey, Tom, it's been a long time since we got together. Would you believe I'm enjoying one of my favorite cups of coffee from our good friend, Jonathan Lipsy? You know, Coffee Cabana right outside yeah, of Columbia. Yeah, he sent you coffee? <laughs> oh, man, this stuff is so good. You know what? You know, I just can't help myself. What's your What's your cup say? What does it say? Show me your cup there. On your, your mark, mark. <laughs> get set, bake. We're not like going to promote any big TV shows or anything, no, but do not do it. I would say that coffee goes well with scones. I think it does. I think it does. It's good. I've got my sweet tea like always, and we are ready to go. So, Doug, cool thing happened. I met this fella, and I'd like to introduce him to you. We have uh, Glenn Gardone. Please meet Doug Smith, also known as Doug the Food Guy. Doug, it's a pleasure to meet you, my man. How you doing? Doing great, Glenn, man. I, I appreciate you being with us today. I can't wait to hear all about what you got going on. Sounds like you were pretty excited over there. You know, it's uh, it's a, a fun, exciting time in my life. And at this point, I thought things would slow down, but they just seem to be getting faster and faster and faster. So, you know, God bless. It's happening. And uh, I'm excited to be part of it. That's awesome. Well, you know, one of the things I picked up one of these red chocolate bars i can't help but ask myself where did the word red come from so red actually is from 17th century european literature so uh in eastern european literature when we took that literature and we started to uh put it in the english language there was uh no word that was a combination so they used the term red so you think about valentine's day and Valentine's Day, you think about the color red, and it means lust and love and passion. That's not a Hallmark thing. That's actually from 17th century literature. You probably heard of uh, uh, Red Square in Moscow. Mm -hmm. 
uh, when it started, it was called the beautiful square. And then it became red square. So red is passion, beauty, love, you know, everything that we try to, uh, you know, embody within our organization. I like to grow roses and everything you just said is the red rose stands for all those same things. So I'm in, I get it. Well, Doug, you know, I always tell people, remember, flowers say I'm sorry, chocolate says I love you. Ooh, I'm all right. Can I use that sometime? Wow. I, I, you gonna... just got to pay me a dollar every time. That's all. Ooh. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not a big deal. I only use it twice a year anyway. So. You know what? <laughs> oh, Whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> so, Glenn, where part of the world are you at? So, I'm actually in Pennsylvania, outside of uh, Philadelphia. That's uh, where our offices are. So, my home airport happens to be uh, Philadelphia Airport, and that's where I get the chance to fly out and travel all around the world, meeting some amazing people. That is neat that you bring up the airport. Uh, one of the concepts behind why we started doing this crazy fun talks is because as Doug and I travel, uh, we have conversations and just like you, we talk to people and uh, you know we're in the food business too. Invariably, it'll come back to food or we'll find some connection with the person. Uh, when you look at that sort of connection you can make with people, that's why we've had so much fun with this because it's just having a conversation. And we always wish, Doug, you know, that we uh, could have recorded some of those conversations. <laughs> you know, uh, food is a universal language. You know, you'd think there's really nothing that has so much emotion tied to it, so much personality, so much uh, inherency to, you know, an individual. I mean, you could think back to some of your fondest memories, chances are there could be some food involved somewhere, whether it was a barbecue, whether it was a Sunday gathering, whether it was a holiday, and it's invariably there's some type of food tied to it. So I think that's what connects us just as a, as a, uh, as a world, as a globe. You know, I've gotten the chance to travel to almost every continent, and I would tell you the truth. You know, everything that's going on in the world, when you meet just a regular person, you know what their goals are? Make a few bucks so they can pay their way through the world enjoy a weekend with family and go on vacation once in a while. And really, if they could do it to them, happy life. What you just said is so true. Food ties us all together. I mean, mm -hmm. all of my memories growing up, it was always around the dinner table or around an ice cream cone. Uh, as of late, you know, my kids growing up, we cooked together in the kitchen and now we've turned over some of those responsibilities to them. It's just such a blessing to be able to watch you know, going from here's how you do it to, uh, wow, my son or daughter fixed me a fabulous meal. And it just gives you all warm and fuzzies inside. Doug, you couldn't be more true. You know, I uh, I had a little surgery on my hand last year, just before Christmas time. And uh, I've got two boys that are older now, myself. And uh, they can, of course, come back for the holidays. And uh, it's my job to make Christmas Eve dinner. My wife takes care of Christmas Day dinner. And of course, with a, with a bum hand, it was real tough. And both my boys stepped in and said, we got this now. It's my sauce. So I, I make homemade manigot. I'm Italian. Uh, and so uh, the, the Americans call it manicotti. And uh, just sitting there watching them do it, just from them seeing me over the years and them doing it and putting a, just an absolutely beautiful spread out. You're right. It was nothing more uh, satisfying. And then I told them, I said, guys, you got it covered from now on. So this year, they did it again, and my hands are perfect. But I got a chance to sit down and relax and chat for a while. And enjoyed every moment of it. Hopefully over and a glass of wine or something. Exactly. And I told them, don't forget, you got to clean up afterwards because there's a lot of dishes. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun when the kids, I guess we're kind of all in that same where our guys are a little bit older. 
older now, and it gets fun when they come over and do some cooking, man. I, I like uh, being able to have a cold beer and run around Chase Andrea or something, you know? <laughs> it's it's true, Tom. You know, I uh, my boys, when they came home this time, actually both uh, cooked for us on two separate nights what they would consider their dishes. And, uh, you know, seeing how they, uh, you know, uh, working with, within the different cultures, my uh, my youngest actually made us a, a vegan meal. And he's training to be vegan because he's hoping to become an astronaut. So you know, he says, can't get too much meat on the ISS. So, uh, you know, he's getting himself in shape for that. And my oldest uh, made a, um, a another meal that was actually uh, uh, with curry in it, uh, an Indian. And uh, it's, it's funny because uh, just tasting it and uh, enjoying it and watching them in the kitchen, it was, uh, it was a wonderful feeling. It really was. And part of that uh, circle of life, as you say. Glenn, I can't help but ask. You sent, and thank you, by the way, for the wonderful care package of all this delicious chocolate. Are any of them vegan? Yes, actually, uh, all of the dark chocolates. So starting next month, all of our dark chocolates are going to be vegan. So we switched over and we were certified vegan. So we're certified kosher. We're certified gluten-free. We're certified uh, for quite a few different things. We're actually, our organization, we're actually a certified green facility. 70% of the energy that we use comes from recuperation methods. And our goal is by 2026 to have a zero carbon footprint globally. I think we'll probably get there by 2025, but as a team, we're trying to do it by the end of 2026. And it's something we believe in. You know, the great thing about working uh, with Red and, and being a partner within the organization, you know, it's great because we're in 28 countries. But what's really, really fun is uh, we get to make decisions based on what we feel is right and not on the number. You know, I spent 30 plus years chasing that number my entire life. You know, I spent the first, first 15 years with big CPG companies, Kellogg, Pepsi, so on and so forth. So I've been in that, uh, you know, I've been on that wheel, so to speak. And, you know, met some amazing people and met some idiots, you know, that happens, uh, but uh, met some amazing people. And uh, now I get the chance to sit down and as a group, we come up with what we feel is right for Red moving forward. And it's such a great feeling. And that's probably the biggest, biggest difference. How many countries are you in? We're in 28 countries right now. 28 countries based in Philadelphia. And you're going to love this. So this morning I have a men's group. I go every Friday morning and we go have breakfast together at a little breakfast place. You probably never heard of them called Cracker Barrel. I saw the display <laughs> and I went, I know them. I know this guy. <laughs> That's awesome. The Cracker Barrel. In Florida, South Carolina, you're also here. <laughs> you know, Doug, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been doing this a long time. And when I still walk into a, a store, a retail store, you know, whether it's, you know, in the Kroger, whether it's, you know, H-E-B, wherever it is, uh, and you see your products, it's kind of like watching your kids graduate. It, it's a very prideful moment because, you know, the one thing about Red is we're not transactional. And I've done the transactional, believe me, you know, and I won't mention company names, but it's highly transactional. While, you know, being able to enjoy the journey, when somebody like yourself walks in and then I'll get a note saying with a picture saying, hey, I saw you. It's like, cool, right on. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And then when I sit down and I talk with folks like yourself and I say, you know, yeah, I, I run Red Chocolate and they're like, oh, I know Red. 
it's like really oh that's cool you know it's 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 um, it's a prideful moment man it really is because you know i get the running joke here is i don't have a boss i've got 1.3 million bosses and they're all spread out across the united states and they write to me and they text me 24 7 365 you mentioned a minute ago about your 30 years give us a episode one maybe an origin story of uh, glenn gardone who are you where'd you come from well you know what i started off in uh, connecticut that's where i was born and raised in stanford connecticut blue collar family uh first generation american uh family came from italy uh, and uh, grew up very close-knit, uh, very hardworking. Uh, I was not the quote-unquote entrepreneur. Uh, I was not the uh, person who found their passion at 17 and ran with it. You know what? I just needed a few bucks in my pocket so I could do some of the things I wanted. So everything from paper route to construction to whoever I could get a job with, that I could run with. That's what I did. And so, you know, started off just doing odd jobs as a young guy, you know, middle school, high school, worked at the local convenience store, putting papers together on a Sunday morning, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, that's how I grew up and uh, got the chance to uh, go to college, you know, first one of my family to graduate college and still honestly didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. You know, I graduated with a degree in finance and, uh, you know, I could read a P&L upside down since I was probably 19 years old. Um, not that I suggest it, but I can do it if need be. And uh, I will tell you, you know, going through my career, you know, it's not like I, I felt like I wasted my time. I just knew that that was part of my journey. And I knew that as I was going through it, I was learning things that would help me in the future. And it wasn't until I was in my 40s till I found my passion. It really, really wasn't. And then once I found it, then I really focused on it. Well, I think we have similar paths because I worked in the corporate world for a long time and was always fighting and digging and trying to get to the next level, the next thing. And, you know, you were just working basically seven days a week and Mm -hmm. you were always one not short of where you really needed to be. It didn't matter how hard you work. About four years ago, myself and a couple investors started a little company that had our passion. You know, we do restaurant consulting and we really try to be the advocate for that restaurant. And that has really made all the difference. I always tell people, I make less money now than I've ever made. I'm happier than I've ever been. I got more money in the checkbook than I've ever had. (laughs) That's strong. That's strong, Doug. No, Doug, and I hear you loud and clear. You know, 12 hour days are, you know, they're, they're, they happen and they happen more often than not. You know, um, I'm fortunate enough that I've got uh, an extremely passionate team that I get the chance to lead here. You know, we, uh, again, we brought it to the US only three years ago. And so part of what I did was really, quote unquote, Americanize the company. And, uh, So bringing in supply chain and marketing and sales and really building that reason for being, you know, why is red on shelf? You know, what makes us special? What makes us different? And, uh, you know, we uh, took us about six months. We launched in October of 2019. And five months later, there was a global pandemic that shut everything down. And a lot of companies could, you know, it did. And it could have been us too that said, you know what, we we just can't do it. And we would have had every right. I mean, we were five months young. And uh, I remember, I you know, uh, the person that runs my supply chain, she's been with me for about a decade. And she had called me and said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, we're going back into the office. I said, whoa, 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 
Because again, remember, guys, we didn't know nothing. You know, you, you listen to the news and hear seven different things, seven different examples, and you weren't sure which one to listen to. And I said, look, I'm going to go in with you, but if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right, man, because we're not taking any chances. We're not, we're not doing it. And so we put the, the steps necessary and in place to make sure that everybody was safe. And about four days later, I get a call from my head of marketing. And she said, hey, I heard you're in the office. I said, yeah, I'm in the office. I said, I'm working with uh, the supply chain team. But listen, you know, don't worry. Have the team out of office. She goes, no, we're coming in. I said, no, don't come in. Don't think it. She's like, no, we're coming in. We need to be together as a family. We can all work together. And the entire team within two weeks came together back in the office again. We did our safety to make sure everybody was okay, but that's the team that I get to work with every day. And, you know, it's funny as I, you know, look back and as you said, trying to get to that next step and, you know, that missing that rung or whatever. Myself personally now, my ultimate goal is to make sure that I go to bed on a Sunday night, happy I'm going to be waking up on a Monday morning and going to work. And really, that's all I try to do. And as a leader, that's what I try to give for my people is I want them, I want them excited to come into work. And, and I'm, I'm not a jerk. You know what I mean? I want people to have a great life and I want them to enjoy their family. Like I got the chance to join my family, but I want them to say, yeah, no, this is cool. This is, we're, we're doing something different. And so it's been, it's been a really exciting journey and it's really energized me more than probably the last 20 years. It's not just a widget. Did I hear you correctly say that it was a European brand? That you That's right. So America, so as an entrepreneur, bringing a brand from Europe, Doug and I deal with companies in Europe and obviously UK and and in some parts of the world, and that that ain't an easy thing to do. No, you know it's funny. Uh, so I had uh, I, I have been part of or led teams that have sold five different companies, and uh, we had sold a company, uh, and I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I was just gonna you know hang up my shoes. I was two hundred thousand miles a year on a plane. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. Maybe it was time to, uh, you know, spend a little time at home. And uh, I actually got a call from the ownership group from Red. Uh, and I had known Red because of my travels. And, you know, I try to watch what I eat. You know, again, people call it healthy chocolate. I hate that term. There's no such thing as healthy chocolate. I call a smart indulgence. You know, you're going to indulge, you're going to enjoy, and you should enjoy. So therefore, do it a little smarter. And that's why we call ourselves Smart Indulgence. And uh, the ownership group had called. They said, hey, look, your name's popped up a whole bunch of times. We're thinking of coming to the U.S. Would you mind meeting with us? I was like, yeah, I'll meet with anybody. Anybody that can help, I'm going to help. I do it now. You know, it's just, you know, it's like giving back, man. You know, I had a lot of great people that, you know, put their hand on my shoulder when I was starting off and I really appreciate it and knew how important it was. So now that I've got the opportunity, I'll put my hand on somebody's shoulder if they need it. And um, so I drove up to New York, met with them. It was a four hour meeting. I spent the first three and a half hours explaining to them why they didn't want to come to the United States. They had an amazing brand. They were in about uh, probably 15, 18 countries at that point. And, um, you know, the, everything was doing well and they had a reason for being. And it wasn't like, I, you know, I am an unapologetic chocolate. I am an unapologetic chocoholic. It's that simple. Uh, and, but it's not like I knew the industry. Yes, I know retail. Yes, I've been in a lot of different parts within the store, but I hadn't been, you know, on the on the chocolate business. And so after the three and a half hours, the person who would become my partner, uh, she looked at me, she said, are you done? I said, yeah, I'm done. I pretty much explained what I wanted to tell you. And she said, so when do you want to start? 
And I just looked at her and I said, you're either crazy or you know something I don't. Either way, this is going to be fun. All right, I'm in. And so, you know, partnered with the group. And uh, I spent the next six months, like I said, building the American arm of it. And now we're in 28 countries, including the UK, as you said. And I'm actually going to be out there in a couple of weeks, uh, spending time with our partners there. And uh, it's uh, it's been an amazing journey. And damn, she was right. The way that the American consumer has accepted red. I mean, we're in, guys, we're in about 12,000 store doors across the country, you know, and we're actually the number one chocolate sold on the Home Shopping Network. You know, we've been on many, many times. We'll be on four more times over the next week and a half uh, so that, uh, you know, pr promoting and presenting red chocolate. Uh, the Home Shopping Network uh, viewer is a is an awesome viewer who knows when they see a value and they know they when they see something they like, they want it. And so they've been we've been very successful and made some great partnerships. You know, you got a second. I'll tell you a story. This is one of my favorite stories. So we've got, uh, I guess tell you, I got 1.3 million bosses and I'm not BSing you guys. I really do. So, you know, I'm on TV and, uh, you know, we're presenting red and talking to red and showing, you know, how to use it in a fondue, how to use it, you know, in different, uh, different ways, as opposed to just eating it like a bar, which is great too. And, um, of course, phone is off and, uh, you know, we finish our segment and I turn the phone back on and, you know, up, uh, pops a, um, uh, a message from somebody in my office says, hey, you got a voicemail, and they forward the voicemail to me, and it's a woman, she says, hey, I'd just like to speak to Glenn, uh, you know, if he can give me a call, it'd be great, and her name was Kay, and I still remember her name, and uh, so I call up, I said, Kay, this is Glenn Gardone, how can I help you? She goes, this isn't Glenn Gardone. I said, no, Kay, this is Glenn Gardone. She goes, this is the Glenn Gardone that was just on TV that I was watching on Home Shopping Network. I said, yeah. She goes, are you still at the studios? I said, yeah, Kay, what's up? How, how can I help you? She goes, I was making a bet with my friend because you said you answer calls and I didn't think you would. So now I've lost. I've got to give her my chocolate. That means I got to go buy more chocolate. I said, well, Kay, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't make me upset. You're buying more chocolate. She started laughing. She was like, no, Glenn. She goes, I just can't believe you, you answer the calls. I'm like, Kay, I want to know what you think. As a matter of fact, here's my cell phone. And my cell phone is everywhere. I don't care if you want to call me, call me. Um, and uh, I said, once you get your product, I want you to tell me what you think. And she, she called me. She said, Glenn, she goes, you know, you hear no sugar added, and the truth is, you know, a lot of times when you eat smarter indulgence types things or healthier options, you'd rather eat the package you came in because the stuff itself sucks. She said, and I wasn't sure, and, you know, I do have to watch because my, my doctor said that I'm eating too much sugar and I got to take a little better care of myself. She goes, I hate this. She goes, honestly, I couldn't even tell there's no sugar added. She goes, you still have that creaminess of the chocolate and you know, when you do, and that's the European side of the chocolate, guys. And I tell people this all the time. A European chocolate is like a red wine. You know, you think about red wine, you've got the base of the grapes, then you've got the hints, whether it be oak or fruity or nutty. That's the exact same type of thing with when you deal with European chocolate. You know, we're not a nut cluster. When you get our milk chocolate with hazelnut and macadamia, you're going to taste that gorgeous cocoa, that smoothness. And then you're going to get a hint a, a, a little bite of the macadamia. You'll get the butteriness of the hazelnut. So the idea is that they mix together so that you can enjoy the process of eating a crafted chocolate versus just sucking it down and running. And you don't get the sugar crash. And, and you know, Glenn, my wife is a type two diabetic. My doctor keeps telling me I'm borderline. I truly have just ditched sugar. So uh, for the last longest 
no desserts, unsweet tea, things like that. So candy bars and things like that, I, I try to run and hide from. This blonde caramelized white chocolate that says zero added sugar. Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> I haven't had anything like this in so long. <laughs> I love it. And thank you, Doug. And, it, and it's funny you mention that. Like on our website, we have what's called the Chef Series. Our marketing team is always working. It's crazy how much they do. Uh, and we've got a Chef Series for somebody like yourself. You know, who's, who is the food guy? You know, you can go on, you can see different chefs preparing different things, whether it be, you know, we have an Australian dessert, we've got, uh, you know, a beautiful chocolate mousse, different things. So it's appetizers, it's desserts. You know, I, there's, I think there's even a mole sauce on there for, uh, for, uh, for a Mexican meal. And the idea being that you can really still indulge, and again, but you can indulge a little smarter. So we love it, Doug. And I appreciate your kind words about the blonde, because blonde's my favorite, too. And, you know, I'm sitting here looking at this dark chocolate. I don't know if you know what a uh, pudding cup is, but you take avocados and chocolate and, oh, man, this is going to be a really good dessert that's mm -hmm. healthy for you and doesn't have all the sugars in it. That's what I'm doing with this one. And I can't wait to invite some friends over and let them try it. I love it. You know, one of our chefs, I think, said it best. He said he likes working with red chocolate because what it does is it gives them the perfect base. And then he could decide what he wants to go in it to make it so that he makes it the way he likes it versus being forced to use a chocolate that's already 60% sugar. And then, you know, it just completely changes, changes the, the, the taste, the feel, the texture. And so, you know, again, it's one of those things where, you know, had no idea three years ago, you know, again, I need a chocolate bar, no idea. But to sit back now, three years later, and to have learned what I've had the chance to learn through Red, it's been it's been an incredible incredible journey glenn you mentioned that you have over a million bosses and i will admit that i just have one uh, and her three children so that you know that's how that's how i roll here thinking about with yeah. having over a million bosses what is the question that you are most asked and what is the question that you wish those bosses would ask you the question i most asked so I'm going to give you two answers because the first answer is boring, but it's the truthful answer. The question I most asked is, where can I find you? Where can I find you? You know, it's always the question. And, you know, of course, we've got a store locator list. You go on, you put your zip code in and it pops up, you know, every store around you. The question that's not asked the most, but I love is, what are you guys all about? And that's where I get to have the conversation. And I love that. Like, you know, again, if we were just another European chocolate, guys, there's 500 of them. There's a thousand of them. We have no reason for being. If we were, you know, when you look at what red is about from uh, an ingredient standpoint, from the fact that we're gluten-free, non-GMO, kosher, no sugar added, all these different pieces, and then you put that in gorgeous coca, and we've worked with the farmers for 19 years at this point. And so we're starting to get into the second generation. And it's great because we get the opportunity to truly work with them and understand what they're going through and understand how we can help them better. And they understand how they can help us better too. So when I start to be able to really go in and somebody who's interested, you know, I'll go to a party and people say, what do you do for a living? And I usually just say, I'm Willy Wonka. And they're like, what? 
I'm like, it's just easier if I say it that way. Cause I tell them I run a chocolate company and they're like, well, wait a minute, you run a show. What does that mean? And so you get to go through a conversation and you know, I love when people try Redford. Doug, when I see the smile on your face, when you're talking about the blonde, come on guys, how could I not love my job? How can I not love what I do? You know, I, my brand creates memories. My brand brings joy to people. That is awesome. And that is a great feeling. And I think that's why the entire red team is so passionate about what they do. And it's just, you know, we, 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 we change some people's lives. We make some people's lives better. We get to go on the journey with these folks. And it's a great feeling. Doug, like you said, you try a little blonde, you love it. It's great. Now you think to yourself, you know what? I know something I could do with this dark chocolate. And that's cool. So that's the, the, the question that I love the most. Doesn't get asked the most, but I love the most. The question that I wish people would ask me more about, um, why are you so damn handsome? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Doug, and I, Doug, Doug and I get that, I get that question all the time. I, mean, it's like I, I want to like be like team. you guys. Exactly. I want to be like you guys. No, um, I would say probably the question that I'd like to get asked more is um, more about my my team and, and the group here, because I don't think they get enough of the the, the kudos that they deserve. You know, when I, when I sit down, when we have our, our, our meetings here, guys, what's interesting is, and, and I learned early on, if you really want to know how well a group, a team gets together, and I tell this to leaders all over, have a dinner with them or a lunch. And if they, people go in and they grab the food and they're sitting for like three minutes and they're taken off, you don't have a good cohesive team. You know, I noticed that when we were we were uh, all together, this was back in Chicago, uh, and I had the entire team together, which is a lot of people, and we had uh, dinner. It was during one of our shows, and I actually left before, I was the first one to leave, you know, but it was great to see after two and a half, three hours, you just see the group sitting there chatting and talking, and it's not about business. Yes, there's some, but they're talking from a personal aspect and things going on. And I looked, I went, you know what, this team, this team enjoys being together. So that's what I wish people would ask more about is, hey, man, how did you how does your team? Why does your team like each other so much? No, uh, I'm uh, <laughs> well, you know, I'm sitting here looking at it. The packaging is beautiful. It checks all the boxes of all the features people are looking for. Uh, open it up. It's got a nice foil on the inside. It tastes good. I mean, what is I mean, it's just an awesome presentation. Thank you, man. Thank you. It was a lot of work because, of course, you know, different packaging for different countries, you know, and again, when you're in Europe, they don't mention that it's non-GMO because everything in Europe is non-GMO. They're not allowed to use GMOs. Uh. And so when we brought over to the U.S., one of the first things I said was, OK, I got to put non-GMO and I need the certification uh, for the package. And they went, why? I said, what do you mean, why? Well, everything's non-GMO. I'm like, no, not in America. Everything is not non-GMO in America. And so it was, again, it was that learning process and, and, and making sure that we took the right steps so that, again, we get the message out, you know, and people always ask me about, you know, the branding side and what my goal is. My goal very simply is for the consumer to be able to look at the package and go, yeah, okay, I get what they're about. Yeah, this is interesting. This seems to fit my needs. I can find this at the local store because I found some today. But if I were a retailer or someone who wanted to wholesale it, do you have outlets for that as well? 
We do actually. So uh, from a, from a retail perspective, I tell everybody the best thing to do is to go directly to our website, which is red-chocolate.com. If you start there uh, and you're a consumer and uh, for whatever reason, if there ha doesn't have to be a store by you, you can buy off our website. But, you know, you can always reach out to me. If you go to the About Us section, uh, you'll see my picture, sadly, but you'll see a, quite a few of our group on there. And you could just send us a message direct. I get me emails seven days a week. Uh, I, we love partnering with people, uh, whether if it's a retailer, being able to help them grow their category, which is important because, you know, we're not going to just take as a, you know, think of a pizza, just take our little slice and not help them grow. And that's important for a retailer. From a consumer, the idea being that, do you meet my needs? Do I want you in my journey throughout life? And that journey could be, you know, we've got folks, it's funny. Again, I'll tell you a quick story. So when you go onto our site, you actually have a, a, a way to subscribe where the product will come to you, you know, every month, every two months. And I remember my marketing team came to me and said, uh, hey, we want to do a subscription program. I'm like, why? Well, we think, you know, it's important, you know, and, you know, they talk about the consumer and how it can be set up and blah, blah, blah. I went, guys, you're going to get like four people. Why waste that kind of time? We've got, a, we've got almost 40,000 people that are on our subscription program right now. So I look at it and, you know, the great news is I'm not the smartest guy at the table. That's the great news because, and I knew that early on in my career. So I try to surround myself with much smarter people because Glenn doesn't know the answer every time. And so when I get a chance to sit down and my marketing team comes up with these ideas, you know, I'll ask and I'll, you know, be like, really? But in the end, they're going to do it. I know they're going to do it. And 95% of the time they were right. And that's why I leave them be. You know, the, the joke around here is if you want to know about anything with Red, don't go see Glenn. Come see us. Is that the, so, the marketing team? <laughs> the marketing yeah. advertising team? Exactly. You know, exactly. Looking, at that, looking at that part of the world, Glenn, with the creator economy, that has completely blown up. And I noticed that you have the TikTok logo on there. And I did have a look on TikTok. And I saw, uh, I got to tell you about one. It's uh, her name. Her is at Krabby Abs 18. She only has 365 followers. And she is a dancing and making oatmeal cookies with red chocolate. How are you guys working with that? Is that, is that a, just a part of your world with all the million bosses? And now people are constantly saying, hey, man, I'm dancing with your chocolate. Let's chat. What's going on in that world? Glenn? Give us your insights on that. You know, it's funny. The social media has really changed from a branding message perspective within the last couple of years. You know, I know, you know, people have been doing it for over a decade, but really the idea is to get the message to the consumer before they walk in the store. Now, because before COVID, pre-COVID, it was about the shopping experience. People would mosey when they went to the stores. Now you can see from, you know, you go to your local grocery store and you'll see there's, you know, 10 parking spots for pickup or delivery. Well, those weren't around two years ago. There may be one or two. So the idea is that you can get your message out sooner so that the decision could be made, you know, hopefully in your favor once they understand what you're about. You know, TikTok, for instance, it's funny you mentioned TikTok. So the team came and said, hey, we're going to start a TikTok channel. I was like, all right, fine. And they did a couple of goofy things, you know, and there's one that uh, my supply chain person is dancing in one. And hey, you know what? Have a little fun. What the hell? And then all of a sudden it became, hey, by the way, 
we got people that are writing to us because they saw the chef series on our website and now they're doing their own things. You know, somebody just made brownies and they put our, our pralines in there. And so, you know, you look at those kind of things. And so we get the chance again to continually uh, work with and build with our journey with the consumers. And when you can connect and again, you can become part of their lives and in a fun way, because guys, come on, it's chocolate. Let's not get that serious. You know what I mean? We're not finding cures here. We're enjoying some smart indulgence. We're enjoying chocolate. And so we try to keep it in perspective. So, you know, we just had our, our Facebook live event. We actually, um, pre-Christmas or pre-New Year's, we did an event where we uh, where we matched our chocolates with alcohol spirits. So we had mezcal, we had tequila, we had bourbon, a little bit of rum. I caught a good buzz. Um, and, and I'm not a drinker. <laughs> That's why I caught a good buzz. Uh, but, uh, you know, by the, by the third shot of mezcal, I was slurring my words. Um, but, uh, and then uh, last week, we actually did one with our fondue to show the different things you can fondue that people hadn't thought about before, and then s'mores and things like that. And we actually did a Facebook live event. And again, announced it on Facebook. We had a couple of thousand people that sat and watched for an hour about our Facebook event. So it gives you the opportunity to be able to talk to folks uh, and, and get immediate feedback. You know, and it's cool. Like, you know, we had one person say, hey, I, you know, I'm from Europe. I know Red in Europe. Are you guys bringing over? And it was a question on one of the products that we had. And so I said, as a matter of fact, we are bringing it over. It's going to be here in a couple of months. So, you know, because what I sell in Europe, I don't actually sell the exact same things here in the U.S. Some are the same, but, you know, very fruit inclusion over in Europe. Big on fruit inclusion where here it's just starting to get to it. So uh, we're bringing over some of the items to test out. So I would tell you that from a social media footprint, you know, Facebook is uh, very popular for us. People, uh, people love to talk to us on that uh, and send us DMs constantly. Uh, the TikTok is becoming, becoming more and more a part of our overall marketing discussion and our, our marketing uh, communication. So it's it's been it's done well for us. I'm I'm really happy with it. I did see several TikToks where uh, they were in uh, Russian, and I saw some from Latvia. So I think that that was a good a good sign as I looked at. It. And I did uh, uh, like that video for that young lady. So you know she's got uh, you know a small phone. Maybe one day it'll work out work out for her. the. I love um, it. So what what got you into? And I, I hate to say it like this, but I enjoy saying it like this. Is what what part of your life path did you lose your mind and decide you were going to be an entrepreneur and go into the chocolate business? I tell you exactly what it was. My my first opportunity. So I was uh, at that point. I was number you know ten thousand three hundred six. I was running a, a big portion of an organization, well over a billion dollars in sales. Uh, and again, I could have been there forever, you know, and had a great group under me, and you know. Widget one, widget two, widget three. Okay, what's next? Widget nine, you know, whatever. And you pass it through the system. And uh, somebody who I'd worked with in my past had this great idea. And it was actually uh, a kid's cereal on the go. And it was with milk and juice and, and it was all packed up together. Now, this is back in 2006. And so I had helped her because it, it, it did not interfere with anything I was doing. Uh, and it was nothing that I was involved with within the categories I dealt with. So there was there was no no issue with that. And so I had introduced her to some co-packers, just people I had known throughout my career. So it was her and it was another gentleman. The gentleman was the money guy. She was the brains behind it. And um, 
so it was a Saturday and I had actually driven out. She was based out of New York at the time, uh, actually Long Island. And so I drove out and she was in her office and I walked them through, you know, different things. And I say, look, if I was going to bring employee number three on, this is who I would look for. And, you know, and I went through it. Okay, great. Shook their hands. Hey, man, if I can help you in any way, let me know. I'm here as a fan. I want to see you. I want to see you crush it. And so driving back home and about 30 minutes later, I get a phone call from her. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? She said that we found the perfect person. I said, wow, that was quick. Good for you guys. Who was it? Do I know him? She said, yeah, you know, him. it's you. And I started laughing. I said, you can't afford me. And she said, oh, you're right. I can't afford you. She said, but uh, we want to give you equity. And I had never heard that term. Yeah, I'd gotten stock options, but, you know, it, it, equity. I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. But again, you know, married at the time. They're still married, of course, but I was married. My kids were way younger back then. And so, you know, you got those responsibilities. And I was like, ah, you know, let me let me talk it over with my wife and let me get back to you. And she said, yeah, yeah, take it, take your time. So I called my wife and I, I said, hey, I said, I got some news for you. So I was telling her story. And she said, well, let, let me ask you, do you like the product? I said, oh, I think the product's great. I said, I really think it's it's it. there's a spot for it. She said, um, why don't you want to do it? I said, well, you know, I don't have the safety net and blah, 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 blah. And she said, Glenn. Let's be honest. Your safety net's probably a year, two years of salary. I know you. You're going to work 15, 18 hours a day to make that brand successful because you won't quit till it is. So let's be honest. Don't worry about the safety net. Your family is fine. Go for it. I said, are you sure? She said, go for it. We'll deal with it if it doesn't work, but I have no doubt it'll work. Well, 18 months later, we're doing 70 million in business. And IP team comes to us. And um, it's funny, you know, I, I hired employee number four who was to help us with everything. And I remember sitting in the office and I said, to, hey, you know, we're staplers. And she said, as soon as you go to Staples and buy us three of them, we're going to have staplers. And it was like that kind of thing. Right. And so I was like, OK, fair <laughs> enough. Then, then I'll go get Staples. Let's write up. A, let's write up a list. And so that's how it began. And uh, like I said, I was sitting down with the PE group that was that was purchasing us and uh the one of jump said, so Glenn, what are you going to do now? I said, honestly, I didn't know I'd be out of a job in 18 months. And he said, well, let me tell you something. If you're going to stay in this business, your entire role will always be to lose your job as quickly as possible because it means you did it right. So you better make sure it's a soft landing. Otherwise, don't do it. And I went, okay, makes sense. And that's how I went from being employee 10,604 to the maniac on the street. It's done you well. And it did. It did. You know what? And, and, and thankfully, because of my wife, you know, be you know, it, I would never have been as successful as I've been in my life if it hadn't been for my wife. That is, uh, there there are several amazing days in my life. One of them was the day I met my wife. She is an amazing person, a true partner. And after all this time. Uh, I should buy her a Lamborghini because I would have spent that much in therapy for that poor woman just to have to deal with me. You know, I just, you know, cause I come home and, you know, we talk and we'll, I'll talk business and, you know, she's into it. She loves it as much as I do. And, you know, we'll go to a store and she'll be like, look red. I'm like, Oh, very cool. I didn't even know it was here. You know, if I go see one of my boys in Utah or something, you know, it's, it's really awesome. So that's how I ended up getting, uh, you know, going from the employee and, waiting for the gold watch or the plate or whatever they're going to give me when I retire. So, you know what? I'm going to take a shot of myself if I believe in myself. So it was not, 
pre-planned. It was not, you know, it was, it was my destiny, I guess is the best way to put it. I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurial spirit, no matter whether it's red or the company that I work with, or even Tom, because he's a entrepreneur as well. We've had to have those supportive wives behind us that love us through the good, through the bad. And are you an idiot or, <laughs> and you know what I mean, but uh, oh, yeah. if it weren't for that support in the back, I think we'd all be in much worse shape than we are today, for sure. I, you know what, as an entrepreneur, and I get a chance to speak to many entrepreneurs, and I, and I always tell them, you know, a couple of things. Number one, it's okay to take a knee because we've all done it. Know that, you know, you may be alone in that room when you're on one knee, but there's a whole bunch of folks like myself with our hand on your shoulder saying, it's okay. We've been there. Catch your mm-hmm. breath. It's okay. But get your ass up and punch through the mud. And that's what we call it here, punching through the mud, because there are going to be situations that we did not expect or did not understand that we are going to have to punch through and we're going to have to be successful on the other side. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, there are going to be some amazing times and there are going to be some horrendous times, but that's okay. You know, the one thing I try to put into perspective, two things I'm going to mention. One is when you hit a home run in baseball, it's worth one run. When you hit four singles in baseball, it's worth one run. Hit the singles. The home runs will come, but hit the singles and score the runs. That's the first thing. The second thing is no matter what you planned out, it's never going to work that way. So if you want to sit there and because you planned it 12 months ago and you think you could run down that same path while Rome is burning around you, go be an employee number because it's not going to work out for you. Glenn? It has been so great to meet you. I'm glad we crossed paths like this. And as we say, Doug and I laugh about it. I have a flight I've got to catch in about 15 minutes. And as we part here, where can people find you? Now, I know you've already asked a question about the chocolate. But where can people find you on social? And also, where would people find you, Glenn, if you were out supporting an organization or a cause or something? Where will we find you online, social? And where would we find you out in the community? So uh, from a social perspective, I'm, of course, on LinkedIn, Glenn Gardone. There's only one in America. You know, it's it's not a common name, so it's pretty easy to find me. Uh, But even if you don't find me on LinkedIn, you can go to red-chocolate.com. You'll find all of my information there, my team's information. You'll learn about Red. Uh, So from a professional standpoint, I tell everybody, go to red-chocolate. It's the easiest way to get in touch with me uh, because LinkedIn, as you know, tied to my personal account. Honestly, I get to my personal emails once a week if I'm lucky. Business, it's on 24-7, 365. So go to red-chocolate.com. You'll be able to get me there. Personally, uh, we are actually involved in quite a few different charitable organizations. I brought them with me to Red. So uh, for instance, uh, at the beginning of last year, we did it for... uh, Uh, the National Cancer Society. We've got one coming up for childhood diabetes. I work with the uh, diabetes organization out of Massachusetts. So, um, and the reason I do that is both personal and professional. Personal because I think it's important that uh, I give my time, I give my energy to things that are much, much more important than me. And, uh, you know, so that's something that I'm heavily involved in. Uh, And then from a professional standpoint, because I believe in them personally and because I believe in the journey that they're taking, I want to bring them into my professional life. And that's why they've become part of the Red Chocolate family. Uh, and that's why we do uh, uh, support them in many different events. And you'll always hear about it on our website, 
there's always a banner about one of the charities we're working with. And if they want to, what we do is we match every donation that comes in for one of our charities. Well, guys, I appreciate so much getting to catch up here just for a few minutes. Doug, you know, I, I appreciate you always. I'm glad we're traveling together <laughs> across this. And uh, Glenn, unless you got anything else, man, I got to make a jet. And I look forward to, uh, and if you wouldn't mind, Glenn, maybe, we'll, you know, when we're traveling again, we can catch back up and uh, follow up with you and say hello, if that'd be okay. Tom, I would love it, brother. I want you to have safe travels. I want you to do what you need to do and then get back home to your family so you can enjoy the rest of your life. And Doug, thanks for your time, brother. Always a pleasure talking to you. And gentlemen, you make sure you stay in touch because uh, I'd love to build this friendship. Awesome, my friend. Glenn, we've thoroughly enjoyed it. The chocolate is second to none. And I already have some recipe ideas in my head. So be on the lookout for me tagging you in on them, okay? I love it. I love it. All right, that guys. That's awesome. All right, cheers. Cheers from Florence. Bye, guys.